For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, there we go. We're starting early. We're ready. We're rocking. We're Birds 365. And we're here for the next two hours. Appreciate you jumping in. Uh, I, let's see. Well, nobody's hopped in yet. Oh, we believe that they'll hop in any moment now because uh, the Mac guys are underway on a kind of a wait for it Wednesday because JW, we were counting down the uh, weeks. We are down to three now. It's three weeks from today that the NFL season officially gets underway. And we say the NFL season, it's the NFL year. What it really signifies is my favorite oxymoron in all of sports, legalized tampering, which the NFL actually puts out there as a way to describe the couple of days before players could officially sign free agent contracts. But go ahead and negotiate. Come in, absolutely go ahead and come to a meeting of the minds. But you can't really do anything because that would be against the rules. What the hell are the rules there for then? <laughs> I'll get more into this as we get closer to the first day of the league year. I'll bet you a little bit more because I think it's one of the stupid. The NFL doesn't do stupid stuff. This is just stone cold stupid. Uh, but yes, we will be getting there before you know it. And the conversation will continue about the Eagles in the quarterback position. And yes, there are three names that are being kicked around as guys who may become available or quarterbacks for other teams right now. But the Eagles may be able to get involved with a potential trade for them. And there's a little new news on each of them. Let's start with Deshaun Watson down there in Houston. His agent slash uh, lawyer, I guess it's more his lawyer than his agent. I don't think he represents his sports interests, attempted to delay <laughs> Sean Watson's need to uh, be deposed in the ongoing lawsuit, civil lawsuits against him for uh, sexual harassment down in Houston. And the judge said, thank you, no that he is expected to testify and be deposed in the nine cases that don't have criminal uh, charges attached to them. However, if he should say anything in any of those cases, certainly those who are investigating the other cases criminally can use them, uh, use those statements against them. So it looks to me like as long as the possibility of criminal prosecution is still there, and Harden said that he thinks by April 1st, uh, it will have been decided, and either they'll press charges or they won't. There's no way that Deshaun Watson's going to testify in these uh, cases, Johnny Mac. And if he doesn't, he's going to put himself in peril because if someone's accusing you of sexual harassment and you get the chance to defend yourself and you go, I'll take the Fifth Amendment, well, it's not going to go well for Deshaun Watson. So the thought process that has Deshaun Watson available by the NFL's draft, which I would think – uh, draft picks going back and forth. The Texans are going to want at least some that occur in this upcoming draft. The possibility of Deshaun Watson being moved is shrinking with this latest court proceeding. Um, I don't, yeah, I mean, uh, certainly from Houston's perspective, um, they were hopeful from every indication uh, the Texans to make a decision by March 16th because his contract is, 
um, you know, 35 million guaranteed. So they want this off the books as, you know, pretty much by the start of the new league year, as you mentioned, uh, legal tampering and, and, and working out trades. They can't come up, uh, become official until March 16th. But as you saw last year with the Carson Wentz trade, uh, it was agreed to much uh, a couple weeks before that. And obviously it becomes official. So that was their hope. And their hope was this would be cleared up. I think, you know, everybody's hope would this would be cleared up from a, a criminal standpoint. That's the key. The civil the cases, I don't want to say they're not a big deal because they're a big deal. But if you have already made your decision as a team looking to acquire Deshaun Watson, you're not worried about that. In other words, you're, you're only worried about the criminal part of it because that could go in a really, really dark direction. And you could start talking about um, prison time. And at that stage, everything's off the table. Then nobody's going to give up anything for Deshaun Watson. So that's always been the key. And, man, I can't tell you from how many months I've been to. People in Houston and people from both sides, from uh, uh, Deshaun, you know, it's understandable from Deshaun Watson's camp. They say, well, there's not going to be any criminal action. Um, that's understandable, but everybody else seems to think that as well. So I, I hold it to more credence of, of it's very unlikely that, uh, the Houston, uh, district attorney's office is going to go forward with any criminal complaint, but until they do and why it's taken so long, I, nobody can answer and why Rusty Harden all of a sudden comes up April 1st, that's the day that they're going to make a decision. Maybe there's some kind of grand jury i don't know the intricacies of the grand jury down there maybe one group leaves and one group comes in on april 1st and they're going to make a decision i don't know he seems to be pretty confident that there's going to be a decision by april 1st which is right smack dab in the middle of march 16th and april 28th march 16th the start of the new league year april 28th the first round of the draft that as is what we call in nfl circles leverage season that's when you have your most leverage um and that's why the texans want this completely sort of uh, uh done and 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 Deshaun watson out of their life uh for good and even lobby smith came out and said you don't give out, I think he said, you don't give out starting jobs in the spring, but he pretty much gave Davis Mills the starting job as the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans. So, you know, they've moved on from Deshaun Watson. It's just a matter of how do they get rid of him. Um, and then you start talking about teams willing to um, go after him. Now, Stephen Ross, and he's got his own problems. Oh, you know, we'll made, get there. <laughs> yeah, made that decree he was he had green lighted uh the acquisition of deshaun watson at the trade deadline last year he was on his way to miami deshaun was happy that's where he wanted to go um and he could only settle 18 of the 22 cases um 22 civil cases but they got those 18 done real quick jody they got those 18 done real. I remember we were talking about it at the time. How are they going to get 22? Well, they got most of them done. They got most of them done real, real quick. And there was that the number as many as 18. 18. I, I, I apologize for not remembering. I know it was more than half, but it was 18 out 18 of 22. 18 of the 22. 
and well, there were and, four and holes. And that, that could have been from the Deshaun Watson side, uh, because one side well, certainly it, got access. It, 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 it was, uh, but it, it's been widely. That's where I got it. So you're right; it is from one side, and you know it's been widely reported since, and other people have confirmed it as well. So uh, I'm a very confident in that number that 18 okay. to 22 and there were four holdouts. Um, so it, it was a lot closer than people think it was. Um, and, and ultimately they couldn't get all 22 done. So. Right. But know, let's, let's, let's report this correctly too. How many seats, how many suits have actually been settled? Zero. None. So we can say that they reported that they had an agreement for 18 out of 22, but until it comes off the docket, it's not done. Right now, he's got zero of the 22 suits uh, settled. He may be able to settle 18, 19, 20, uh, and the Dolphins asked for all 22 to be settled before they would okay the deal. Uh, until you actually come to an agreement, sign off on it, do all the paperwork, write the check, nothing has been settled. That's true, uh, but it's 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 very hard to imagine eighteen people who who agreed to a settlement, essentially agreed to a number. Let's be honest, and who knows, they might have uh, signed paperwork uh, agreeing to these settlements uh, once uh, the other four are cleared up. Obviously, from their standpoint, they want it all cleared up at once. Um, so I I I wouldn't be concerned about that. I, in other words. And I'm just throwing a number out there. And, uh, you know, if you agree to settle for $100,000 and all of a sudden, okay, um, you know, the date gets moved back because there are four holdouts. And then you say, well, I want a million dollars. It's probably not going to happen. I mean, I, I guess it could, but it's probably not going to happen. So I, I, the larger point is if you're looking to acquire Deshaun Watson, and there's a number of teams that we're looking, including your favorite local team, uh, you've already made the decision that you're okay with the public, and you're going to take a hit. You're going to take a public relations hit, and it's going to be pretty stinking significant in today's world. You've already done that decision-making, and you already said, all right, I'm okay with that part of it. You know, and you're also going to get a suspension. Might be six games, people have speculated. Might be 10 games, might be 12 games. You're okay with that as well. Uh, you've already made those decisions because of the, you know, as Andrew Brand always says, friend of the show, uh, the greater the talent, the greater the tolerance, the talent versus tolerance equation. That's what we're talking about with Deshaun Watson because this is the 53rd guy on the roster. Nobody, nobody cares. He's out. He's done. He's blackballed. Um, I even go back, you know, people, Jeff Gladney was a first round pick in what, 2020? Uh, you know, he got in a domestic dispute with his girlfriend, some ugly pictures, um, uh, surfaced. Um, he hasn't been seen since. And that's a talented, talented kid who was a first-round pick, immediately cut. Nobody else has even gone near him in a different generation. I'm not making moral judgments. In a different generation, he would have got chance number two, chance number three, chance number four, 
just because of how talented he was or he is. Um, and nobody will even look at him uh, because it's a different world. But quarterbacks, you know, they're, you know it's a quarterback league. How many times they, do we talk about it? They play by different rules. You are correct there. So uh, I brought all this up because the chance to trade for Deshaun Watson right now, at best, is on hold. That's the best you can and, state it uh, as right Real now. quick, Jody, before you, you go into that, and you're right, but before you go into that, he still doesn't want to come here. He still didn't waive his no trade clause. So, I mean, even if he wanted, even if it was cleared up for whatever reason, this guy doesn't want to play in Philadelphia. Now, as I pointed out, that's always fluid as well. Because remember, when the Eagles originally, and they sent an investigator down to Houston, they did the whole nine yards to, to get as much information on this as they could get. And they decided, all right, Let's 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 try. And he did not agree to come to Philadelphia. Now, things have changed. Remember, back then, Nick Sirianni was a nobody. Um, you know, he was the last guy in the hiring cycle. Now, who who's Nick Sirianni? He had the bad press conference. Now he's a playoff coach. Uh, Demonte Smith wasn't on this team. It looked like they didn't have a weapon to, to, to stand on. Now they have Demonte Smith and Dallas Goddard. So things can change Dallas Goddard emerging as one of the best tight ends. But as of now, he is not, he said he doesn't want to play for Philadelphia. Right. I'm at least leaving that in abeyance as well, because things change. As you say, it's a fluid situation, but his availability to the Eagles or anybody else sits on hold until they can get this legal wrangling done. And it doesn't look like it's going to get done. I foresee more stalling because they couldn't get the uh, continuance they wanted till after April 1st, which means he's going to take the fifth, which means it's going to be a while before this uh, gets settled. And, oh, by the way, we are working with some deadlines, as in the day of the NFL draft. And I don't know if they'll be in a position to say, yeah, give us the Sean Watson, knowing that, first of all, he could go to jail. And second of all, he could get suspended by the NFL. Yeah, let's give up three first-round picks to get a guy who's got to go to jail first, then face the NFL uh, suspension. Oh, he's getting suspended. Everybody knows that. So they already know that. That part of it is baked into it. And if you're willing to give up what you're going to give up, then you've already made that decision. Um, there's going to be some kind of suspension. Um, the criminal part is. So if Rusty Harden is right, and April 1st is, look, they prefer March 16th. But if April 1st is the date and the criminal uh, charges, potential charges go away, um, and that's off the table, there's still time. There's still time to get things done by uh, April Time 28th. is starting to get squeezed is my only point. All right, let me get to one of the two other quarterbacks before we get our first break in. Um, Russell Wilson, uh, I noted that uh, Evan Macy, your uh, fellow collaborator at phillyvoice.com, had a column today about one particular wagering outlet that is actually letting people bet on where a player may be traded to. And there are odds being posted oh, there's right a now bunch. Yeah, there's on a bunch. Russell Wilson. And a week ago, Russell Wilson, the possible Russell Wilson being traded to the Philadelphia Eagles, they listed about 12 teams. And I think the Eagles were 11th 
out of the 12 teams that were listed as potential landing spots for Russell Wilson, and they had the Eagles at 40 to 1. As of this week, the Eagles are tied for the first choice of where Russell Wilson would land, and the odds have come down to 5 to 1. A week ago, you could have gotten 40. If you want to make the bet this week, it's come <laughs> down to five. Yeah. And well, what has changed? Answer, what has changed? nothing. Nothing's yeah. changed. He's still a Seahawk. He still can't be dealt. The Eagles are still debating Jalen Hurts. Nothing other than people's opinions has changed. Now, and, that's a pretty and, drastic odd uh, drop. I, I follow this stuff. I have a... Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. You're You're a betting guy, so you know better than anybody... Um, that kind of tells you what these odds mean. I mean, yeah, that was from uh, sports betting. So anybody wants that, sportsbetting.ag. Because um, I got the same email. Obviously, they send all these things out. And they made a big deal out of it. The Eagles were 40 to 1, uh, as you mentioned, or plus 4,000 last week. Now they're 5 to 1. Uh, it, it, yeah, some guy, wherever sports betting is, making a decision. I don't know, maybe read something online. Again, with Russell Wilson, first of all, he hasn't agreed. The Seahawks haven't agreed to trade him, number one. So that's hurdle number one. Number two, even if you say, all right, we're going to re- re- redo this thing in Seattle. We're going to go in a different direction. We're going to rebuild this thing. and We're going to trade Russell Wilson. Then you got to get him to agree to come to Philadelphia because, again, last year, that was not on his list. His agent put out a list of five teams that he would consider going to if Seattle traded. The Eagles were not on that list. Again, things change, fluid. But until we know he's willing to come here, then maybe he could make the call and say, hey, you know, maybe you should think about moving on from Russell Wilson. Um, But, yeah, those – those numbers, you know, and it's hilarious because I think I got this sports uh, betting email about three minutes before uh, bookies.com sent out their uh, uh, <laughs> their their quarterback sort of uh, email uh, with the odds of, of where Aaron Rodgers is going to play next year, um, you know. I you you would know better than me how they come up with these odds, but it's I it's not it's not scientific. I will say that. Oh, uh, it, it, it's part scientific, but it's part feel too. It's kind of like sports in general. Do you use analytics or do you use your experience in deciding what's going to come in the future? This I do understand a little something about these type of wagers where someone could actually dictate the outcome of it. They're not going to take massive wagers. There is a cap on how much you can bet on something like this. And the biggest day of all in this vein was Super Bowl Sunday, where they have the length of the national anthem, the color of the shoes that Snoop Dogg is going to wear. Well, Snoop Dogg can can decide the outcome of that wager. So they're not going to let someone within Snoop's inner circle put down uh, $100,000 at four to one to cash in because they know what Snoop's going to do. So that is certainly the same case here that Russell Wilson, as you correctly stated, both the Sean Watson and Russell Wilson have no trade clauses. So they have a big ability to influence the outcome of this potential wager. So because of that, any wager that is like that, they put a cap on what you can bet. You can't bet all that much. 
So if someone does make a significant bet, oh, that can swing the odds drastically because you can't make that big of If you make the max bet that you can make, whatever their cap is, yeah, you can drive something from 40 to 1 down to 5 to 1. So it's very feasible that that's the case because I don't think we're looking at a large pool of money. There's, there's somebody throws five bucks on something like that because you can only bet 40 bucks anyway. It's all right, let me put five on it. So it is legit that something like that can happen. Is there someone that oversees that and is always on top of the odds and uh, can change them at any point if certain information gets out? Yeah, there can. I just don't see the information out there. Who reported that, oh, Russell Wilson has rebought yeah. his position and he yeah. is now considering the Philadelphia Eagles? Have you seen that anywhere? No. No, neither have I. No. In fact, I I saw we're gonna have Mike Gill hopefully, and I'm gonna do a little business on air. Did you send the link to Mike Xander? But I'm trying to get that done. But uh, you know, Mike had uh, John Clayton on on his local show in South Jersey, and he said the Russell Wilson stuff. I don't know. We'll talk about it with Mike, but he he said it was the the stupidest story he's seen in 50 years as far as. Uh, however long John hasn't been doing it for 50 years, but he's been doing it for a long time. Um, and he, he, he said, it's, it's a silly story. So we'll, we'll get that from Mike, but after the break, but, um, yeah, I haven't seen anything and certainly no indications that even if Seattle would want to trade him, uh, that he would want to come here as well, because it would be Chicago, New York, Las Vegas, uh, I forget the other two. I can look it up. I know those were three of the three of the five teams. Right. There were all a whole bunch of stories at the end of the year. Russell <laughs> Wilson's being dealt. And, oh, by the way, Pete Carroll's going to be replaced as the coach. He's going to step aside. Is Pete Carroll still the coach of the Seahawks? Yeah, he is. Uh, I, I note that because I, I, I refuted those uh, rumors throughout. I said Pete Carroll staying as the coach. Of the, even if they decide to trade Russell Wilson, I think Pete Carroll staying as the coach of the Seahawks. And if you ask me if they're going to yay or nay trade Russell Wilson, I still say nay. I think it's going to be Carroll and Wilson back in Seattle again next year to the dismay of some Eagle fans who want to see Russell Wilson land here. I uh, didn't know that Mike Gill is talking to John Clayton. If uh, he's getting John Clayton information, that's as good as you're going to get about the Seattle Seahawks. We'll talk about that and a whole bunch of other Eagle stuff with our buddy Mike Gill next here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. 
That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Got a midweek get together here on Birds 365. John McMullen, Jordan McDonald. And the fixing his shot buddy of ours from down the shore, host of the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN, Johnny Mac's old partner, Mike Gill, getting all energized for us here on Birds 365. Hello, Mr. Gill. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Doing well, Mike. Thanks for uh, hopping on so early in the morning. I appreciate it. And uh, I did want to bring up, because it came up, Jody, I don't know if you heard us during the break or a little bit before the break, but Jody noted all of a sudden these drastic odds shift uh, in the in the this week, really, where all of a sudden Russell Wilson's forty to one to come to Philadelphia, which makes more sense than being five to one, and and the Eagles are the co favorite. I know you had John Clayton on your show somewhat recently, and, and I wanted you to uh, give the listeners a, a, a little bit of of what he said as far as Russell Wilson even potentially moving anywhere that's hurdle number one to get him out of seattle and then why people are focused on philadelphia now well i think we know the why right i mean everybody's going to connect dots that they have the ammunition and they have a gm like him or not who does his due diligence he's going to be involved in every high profile name he's going to make that call so that's one of the why the the ammunition the perceived need, I mean, I don't think there's a consensus that Jalen Hurts is the defined player that is the long-term guy. You might say, hey, he's fine for this year. I don't think anybody's ready to say he's my guy for the next five to ten years. So that being said, yes, I did have John Clayton on who I said yesterday, look, John Clayton does a great job. If I didn't trust his information on 29 teams, I would trust it on one team, and that's Seattle. He could tell me something about Denver, and I might be like, eh, Seattle, he's got the information. And his quote to me was, 
It's the most ridiculous story I've covered in 50 years of covering the NFL. <laughs> so it was 50. I, I said 50, and I was like, I don't know if it was that long. But I don't know if he was just uh, – right. Yeah. I don't know if it was hyperbole or what. But, you know, in his I, the way I see it is Pete Carroll's 70. I would yeah. have to imagine they had a end-of-season meeting – where they all said, look, Pete, do you want to still coach? Well, if Russell's going to be gone, no, I don't want to be. Does he want to get a new quarterback at 70 years old, or does he want to take another one more shot with his 10-year starter? I have to imagine that if Wilson had any inclination of, hey, coach, I might not want to be here, that wouldn't Pete kind of reevaluate or the organization reevaluate his standing as the coach? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not John Clayton when it comes to Seahawk information. I will certainly say that. But I think I got a pretty good grasp on Pete Carroll. The answer to your question you just asked, rhetorically, I believe, but I'll answer it anyway, is, yeah, I think he's going to coach. If they trade Russell Wilson, I think Pete Carroll's going to stick around and coach the new guy as the quarterback. I don't think he's ready to walk away. I think he's going to need to be pushed out the door and told your services are no longer needed. I don't think he's going to go, all right, if the organization decide to go in another direction. I'll willfully step aside. I don't believe Pete Carroll would ever do that. He's he's kind of a uh, tough guy to handle, and I think he's built up a pretty big power base there. I think he deals only with the owner. He's going to tell the owner, you want me to stop coaching your football team? Pay me to go away. Well, and, and that's the point. The other point is, you know, they didn't have a good season last year. They, they're they're kind of in this middle ground that, you know, who are they? What, what are they right now? So did – was he on the, somewhat of a hot seat? Was he questioned, hey, do we want to bring him back and start over? Do they have a meeting that Russell Wilson was like, no, let's go at this again? You know, the whole Wilson thing is kind of odd because he's never really – there's been – it's almost like, you know, we talk about the society that we live in. And I'm – look, I, I'm full-fledged. I'm part of it. We are – we need to generate clicks on our website. That's how people get paid. So how in the offseason between February 22nd and March 16th am I going to generate interest? I need to come up with five guys who we traded this offseason. Well, there's a guy who's been there for 10 years, so I'll include him in my article. It might not have any merit, but – Hey, it makes a lot of sense. The Eagles have three first-round picks. They feel like a team that could make a trade there. They wanted him back in 2012, right? Howie Roseman's been kind of transparent of, I can't really say the guy, but I think you all know who the guy is, and I ended up with Nick Foles. Boo-hoo, right? But there has been this, like, marriage of we wanted Russell Wilson, but we didn't get him. But if we ever got the chance to get him, we might go after him. And now I have three picks. So it all kind of adds up to a great clickbait story. Yeah, well, and you're right. I mean, that's what people do. And I'll use Albert Breer, who's, you know, one of the best in the business uh, from Sports Illustrated. He he put out last week in his Monday morning quarterback. He was just talking about the quarterback market. And this is how this kind of stuff gets, uh, the sausage gets made, so to speak. And there's so many quarterbacks that could be on the market. You know, the obvious ones that we all talk about, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watt. But then there's the Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world, the Derek Carr's of the world, the Kirk Cousins of the world, even Carson Wentz. Um, and he had mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo, and then he put the teams underneath it looking 
for a quarterback or who could potentially be looking for a quarterback. And obviously one of them, for the reasons you just mentioned, Mike, was the Philadelphia Eagles. They got three first-round picks. Uh, They like Jalen Hurts, but it's an evolving player um, if they could get a proven player. And then all of a sudden you see 100 aggregated stories. Eagles are interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. No, they're not. They're not interested in Jimmy Garoppolo, but that's how those things get made. Russell's a little bit different from the reason that you brought up. He is their white whale, man. They they have looked at that draft, and they ended up with Nick Foles, and they wanted Russell Wilson. Now, even that is part – they could have took him in the second round. They could have took him in the first round. They wanted him in the third round. They didn't get him. Uh, they had to go in a different direction. It worked out for them. But I'll, I'll bring up our buddy Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus, who's a friend of the show. And he's one of the best in the business when it comes to salary cap and uh, leverage and trades. And he put out his 15 players uh, that could be traded. And one was the Seattle Seahawks trade quarterback Russell Wilson to the Philadelphia Eagles for a 2022 first-round pick, a 2023 first-round pick, and a 2022 third-round pick. So I'll say clickbait aside, you do that deal? Because I do that deal. I, I I talked about this deal yesterday. Yeah, I do that deal. Jalen Hurts isn't even involved. So what am I when I have Jalen Hurts now sitting on the bench? I get a chance to trade him too now. I hey, mean, that's why I was drafted. To but, be well, that deal, that deal. He likened that deal to the Goff Stafford deal. The problem was he didn't include Goff in the deal. He didn't put Hurts in the trade. It was just yeah. three picks. And if I can keep two of my three picks this year, my hope is if I get Russell Wilson, that my pick in the first round next year is deeper into the first round. So I'm okay kind of giving that up. It's not like basketball where the 25th pick is inconsequential. Yes, it's in, it's consequential, but I've added a player in Wilson who's going to be better than pick 25 and a third round pick. I mean, that deal's a no-brainer, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, that by would the way. Be uh, and you throw Jalen Hurts hmm. in there as well. Who cares at that point? Uh, on top we almost have to. You almost have to because, well – no, I mean, I guess if somebody calls you and says they want Hurts, now you're getting your third-round pick possibly back that you just gave up. That's what Roseman does. Hey, I'll give you this guy for that pick. Oh, and then I'll just make a trade and get that pick back somewhere down, you know, 10, uh, 10 weeks later. Like Gardner Minshew could be traded at that point. They have another asset that they can flip to retain the pick that they gave away to get Wilson. Yeah, but how he likes to win those deals, and he just used a second-round pick on Hurts, so he's going to ask for a second-round pick. I don't think he's going to settle for a third. And, oh, by the way, for you and Brad Spielberg and everybody else, I don't think you're getting Russell Wilson for that deal. You want to compare it to the Matthew Stafford deal, that's fine. What did Matthew Stafford ever won before he got dealt to the L.A. Rams? The answer, zippity-doo-dah. And they got two ones, a three, and a starting quarterback. So you're going to get Russell Wilson for less than that? A one yeah, now, a one way, later, and a third? By the way, Jody, you have to tack on. And Matthew Stafford worked out. So that increases the thought process of inquire, acquiring a veteran quarterback. So it would, in theory, only go up. It wouldn't go down. I agree with you. That's too Yeah, I, I, I don't think that Seattle would accept that deal. That's why I said to me, it's a no-brainer. Sure. The question becomes – 
if Seattle does what they should do and says, no, we want th- your three picks, then you have to make the decision. Is having Russell Wilson uh, giving up the three picks, where is this team right now? Are they a Russell Wilson away from making the jump from nine wins to Super Bowl team? I don't think so defensively anyway. And I'm usually higher. Look, I thought they'd make the playoffs last year. That doesn't mean I think that they're exponentially better all of a sudden. That defense has a lot of issues. So if they don't improve the defensive side of the ball, they're going to stick probably somewhere in that middle and be on that hamster wheel of we've got to keep fixing things. To me, I use two minimum or three picks. I fix that defense. I look at Hertz for another year, and if he's not the guy, I have a GM that I think can figure out a way to get me a pick to get a quarterback and and make that change. Well, Mike, what did you learn from the Los Angeles Rams winning the Super Bowl? Because I think people get caught up in the high-profile names, and they're obvious, and there's a lot of them. It's a very top-heavy roster, but... If you look at the defense, for example, I mean, yeah, you have Jalen Ramsey at corner, who's great. What else do you have in that defensive backfield? Uh, linebackers, they're playing a third-round pick in the Super Bowl, who's making plays. I I, I mean, it, it, it's – I hear what you're saying about the Eagles, but if you get the star quarterback, that that masks a lot of deficiencies. Um well, they also have Aaron Donald. In the, they they have Aaron Donald. You don't at this point. I mean, he absolutely oh, wrecked that game. Um, and they got him. Look, you know, one of the things that you asked me what I learned from the Rams is they have basically said, we can build the team through other avenues. It doesn't just have to be we hit on first-round pick constantly. They have built a, a thought process of we have hit on third and fourth and fifth rounders and we fill in with proven players around those guys we have some third rounders that have done well let's go get Jalen Ramsey to kind of I don't need to take pick 17 I'll take Jalen Ramsey he's better than pick 17 boom so they have kind of said we'll take the proven player they are not in the society that we all are stuck in of I'll take what's behind door number two until door number two surprise stinks and I'll take what's behind door number three We are infatuated with the draft and the society of swiping left. Well, she's really cute, but the next girl might be better looking. Swipe, get out of here. Yeah. I agree. I've always been amazed by the NFL thought process of kind of shoe-shoeing, as you mentioned, uh, demonstrated performance. In other words, um, you know, the Eagles are the perfect example, 15, 16, 19. And, and then you'll have the next question. You know, people will say, you can't trade those picks. You can't trade those picks for a 33-year-old quarterback. And then they'll say, oh, how we can't draft first-round draft picks. That'll be the next sentence. It's like, where are you here, man? Do you want – and I'm not advocating trading all three of those picks for – uh, veteran players, but I got to tell you, if you can get Jalen Ramsey for the 15th pick, why the heck wouldn't you do that? Uh, now, it's easier said than done. The Rams have been able to pull that type of thing off. But why do well, NFL they teams... Went, they went that route, John, where 
they had won the Super Bowl. They the next year they were there, and Howie had to admit it. Look, we thought we had this window, so we kind of went off the script a little bit, and we did things we typically wouldn't do. I think at the beginning of last year, they thought that that window was still a crack open, so they traded a draft pick to get a Darius Slay. They figure we can get a veteran player. Let's that that's a deal. Third round pick for a veteran established player. Let's do that. Well, obviously, and by the way, it worked. It worked right. Well, the it season blew up in their the season blew up in their face. Yeah. You know, for whatever reasons, uh, the quarterback was horrible. Um, the offensive line was absolutely decimated by injuries. But they did target a proven player for a draft pick that ended up working out. Now, do they do that again this year? They have ten picks, possibly more, when the comp stuff comes out. So I wouldn't be shocked if they went down that road and said, "Look." We have ammo. Let's get more proven talent here because we're devoid of it. All right, Mike. Uh, the guy who will make the decision on all of this stuff, he won't make it in a vacuum. He won't make it by himself. It'll be a collaborative effort. But the guy who's at the head of the pyramid is Howie Roseman. And we're three weeks away from the start of the season, the NFL year. But it also means we're three weeks away from the last year of Howie Roseman on his contract for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's become a story over the last couple of days here, and it should because we are within three weeks of the start of Howie's potential last year. The Eagles haven't always told us every move they've made in the executive offices the day that it got finalized. Uh, they, from time to time, take the route of uh, nobody needs to know. We're not necessarily going to tell anybody during the offseason. Where do you think the Eagles sit with Howie's contract? Do you think it's been discussed? Do you think there have been preliminary conversations? Do you think there's a done deal that nobody's yet discussed? We'll get more clarification on this when Howie's got to speak to the media next week at the Combine. What do you think we're going to hear? That's a great question. And, and I know Roseman's not the most popular guy. I'm not a Roseman hater. So, so I'm, I'm, you know, I, I feel like he's – look – NFL GMs make mistakes. I think the hit rate is like 53% in the first round. He's had some good picks. He's had some bad picks. The, the bad picks are highlighted because they're skill positions. Uh, this team wins a lot more than most, right? The Cincinnati Bengals haven't been to the Super Bowl in 30 years. They haven't won a playoff game in 30 years or whatever. Um, there's a lot of organizations. There's a reason why organizations constantly keep poaching play, uh, front office people from this organization. Do they think Roseman is that bad that they keep wanting to take his constituents away? Like, so to me, that speaks volumes that Lori feels very comfortable. He wants a voice. He knows he has a voice with him. And we ask a lot. If I were to ask who are some of the best GMs in the NFL, I think the average fan out there has no answer. They just don't like Roseman. They couldn't oh. give you an alternative they just don't like him. And for whatever reason, I, I, you know, they don't like the way he talks. They don't like the way he looks. If his name was Joe Smith, he'd probably be liked more. His name's Howie Roseman. They don't like him. He's made mistakes. You put him up against any other GM, and you're going to say, that guy made a mistake too. He's made mistakes. He's made Bill Belichick makes more mistakes than Howie Roseman does. So I think he's pretty safe, to be honest with you, Jody. I think the conversation is more academic than it is performance-based. It is comfort. It is a confidant. It is a friend. And at this stage of Jeffrey Lurie's life, he doesn't want to have to start over with some guy who's going to come in and 
I have the new secret sauce. Oh, our secret sauce is working in Lori's mind. They feel that they are a successful organization. The Eagles fans have one, one way of judging whether they're successful. Did you win the Super Bowl? And if you didn't, you suck. You're the worst. You've made every mistake. No. They have been to the playoffs. They win games. People come to their organization and take their executives. People want to follow their formula. Jeff Lurie thinks their business is booming. Yeah, I, it, it's funny because I, I always joke and I said, the most hate I've ever gotten in, in the Philadelphia area was for getting off the the Ben Simmons bandwagon quicker than most and pointing out. And by the way, you know better than anyone. I thought he was going to be the guy when the Sixers drafted him. I thought he was going to be the key piece to it all. But then I saw I was wrong pretty early, and I got off that bus pretty quickly, and I would just get just visceral hate for it, which is <laughs> another conversation I would say. You know, people who think the Sixers fans weren't loyal to Ben Simmons weren't paying attention. They turned on the end, but they were incredibly loyal to him until the very end. Now, the second most, though, is Howie Roseman. And it was a couple weeks ago only, a couple, maybe just over a month ago, where I said Howie's the top five GM. Oh, the hate came raining down. And that was my first question. And I even got it from uh, certain media members that will remain unnamed. I said, all right, give me who's better. And you're right. They can't give me who's better. Just just hate. Just out of context. He's not good at this. He's not good at that. And I said, well, who's better? And then if they do throw out a name, you point out all those. Sort Here, of here's words. the thing, John. John, to interject, I think most fans hate for Roseman. You know, the GM job is more than than drafting oh yeah does it help to be a good drafter absolutely roseman wins every single trade they make look at the trades they make they just they they steal guys from teams when they sign free agents people get excited in this town because they're involved in every conversation the guy does his due diligence are you going to hit on every free agent on every draft pick on every trade no but to do your due diligence that's the job that is the role of the GM is to make sure that your team uncovers every stone, turns over every rock to find the talent. They might not get the best player. They might not get it. But people want a 100% rate of hit. That's why people don't like them. If you go in with the knowledge or the, the, the understanding, he's going to make mistakes. People say, well, he made the mess. He gets to clean it up too? Well, yeah, if you went to work and you made a mistake, wouldn't you want your boss to say, hey, you made a mistake. Now you need to learn from that mistake and clean it up. No, people want you to make a mistake and get fired immediately <laughs> in, in this job. That's not how it works. People say, well, you can't give him credit. He's the one who made the mess. Okay, I made a mistake. I drafted a guy. He didn't work out. Well, now I fixed that mess. So I do get credit for fixing my mistake. That's life. Yeah. Well, well I, I, Carson Wentz, yeah, Carson Wentz, the best example of that, because people say the, Eagle, the Eagles, obviously, with hindsight, now we can all look back and say they got a first-round pick for that guy. And people, as you mentioned, Mike, will say, well, they created the issue. Yeah, they did create the issue, but they got out of it better than most would have got out of you it. You can never 
plan for what, you know, like nobody knew Ben Simmons was going to just decide a four-year contract. I don't want to be here anymore. Okay, now how do you deal with that? I spin that off for James Harden. Carson Wentz, he was going to be the MVP of the league. It looked like we had a franchise quarterback. The Eagles have a history that we identify players before they're going to really make a lot of money, and we sign them early so that we win the deal. Well, didn't work out with Wentz. So what did I get with Wentz? I spun him off and got – so, yes, the deal doesn't work out, but what? how do I fix my mistake? That is the big thing that people kind of gloss over a lot. Now, I do want to ask about a team in the division that the Eagles will have to be battling next year, and that's the Giants. Um, I thought that coaching hire was okay. I think they're doomed to have a bad season because they're going to stick with Daniel Jones, but that's just me. I'm not a Daniel Jones fan. But they did procure, you touched on this earlier, Mike, that uh, teams just keep picking players out of the Eagles' front office. They did so this year with uh, Brennan Brown going to New York, and he's going to be the assistant GM there. The Giants don't draft once in front. Eagles had three first-round picks, but guess what? The Giants draft in front of them twice. They've got yeah. two of their own, and they come before the Eagles' three picks. Any chance the Eagles lose guys to the Giants this year that they may be thinking about that uh, Brandon Brown decides to take the information and acumen that he picked up here in Philadelphia and use it up the turnpike in New York? Oh, I, I've commented that I think the Giants are finally moving in the right direction. It's been a while, but I think that they're finally moving. I wouldn't be surprised, Jody, if they brought Trubisky in, you know, from Buffalo, had him kind of compete for that job. Maybe not compete, but just have him kind of lingering over Daniel Jones' shoulder to let him kind of know this is it's now or never. Not that Trubisky's great, but Dable knows him. He, he, you know, it's just a motivation to try to get the most out of Jones. But I think they're at least moving in the right direction for the first time uh, in what I don't know, ten years, eight years for the Giants. Right? Yeah. When was the last time they were any relevance. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, uh, I, I think the Giants are very interesting. And where they're picking, Jody, I mean, they're in the top 10. They have two picks up in the top 10. Uh, they right. could really throw everybody for a loop and and do some, you know, could they get a veteran quarterback? Could this all be lip service? And then they make the move on draft night to go get, you know, somebody uh, that we keep, you know, Deshaun Watson or, or somebody out there that we're, you know, it feels like Russell Wilson. He wants Russell to Wilson, go. Right. Exactly. So I think the Giants are moving in the right direction. I, I also like staying in the division. Washington to me is very intriguing because they're the one team. Washington that has, is screwed. They, they they have no, they're, 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 they're a dead franchise walking. New logo, new team, new uniform, new logo. At least they fixed their stupid logo, which no identified crap. their championship rears incorrectly. How do you do something like that? Now that the, the, the ongoing lawsuit for sexual harassment, it, there's national repercussions that the uh, Senate is trying to pass. Hey, by the way, the Cowboys funding anymore. The Why? Cowboys. Because the, re- the, the commanders want it and nobody the wants commanders. to give the commanders anything. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. mad at that organization. They uh, have no chance to do anything. Or Ron Rivera. He's screwed. He's got no chance. And Jerry Jones just had to settle sexual allegations against one of his employees for I think two and a half million dollars. So when people look at organizations, we look at that, tie it together, Mike. Um, would you rather have the Eagles organization, the commanders, the Cowboys, or the Giants? But you're right. The Giants are, I think, at least 
made a step in the yeah. right direction. And I, my point on Washington is they have pick 11. This is not a great quarterback draft. So they might have their pick of the litter at number 11. So they might be able to stay at 11 and say, these guys are all going to be there. My, my question would be the Eagles pick at 15. And if there's four quarterbacks sitting there, would Roseman say, hey, I got the pick of the litter. I get every guy that I want. Would he then make a decision that I'm, I might want to get one of these quarterbacks? I hope everything, not. Everything depends on evaluation, but I guarantee you one thing, Mike. Some One of those quarterbacks is getting pushed up the board. It always happens. Somebody's desperate to yeah. take the quarterback. So, you know. But did I read today that Washington would have interest in Wentz? Um, maybe. Uh, but that's one of those things where, you know, people try to connect the dots and, as you mentioned, clickbait. Uh, before I let you go, though, uh, last one for me, and everybody listen to Mike in South Jersey, uh, ESPN 97.3, the Sports Bash 2-6. to six. Uh, And this is the biggest question of the day for you. Uh, close personal th- friend of CM Punk, uh, who is now a big star again. Does CM Punk return your text these days? <laughs> yes, he does, actually. They were in Atlantic City last Two Wednesdays ago, I guess AEW. Yeah, yeah. I texted I, I him. I told me he was going down. Yeah, I, guess I was he going. going I was going. You, I, 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 I had tickets. For, I could have got you tickets. I had tickets. Yeah, I, I, I had a press ticket, uh, and I was going to go down, but then I got. He does return my text. I actually, I tried to get him to come on, and we, our his schedule didn't. He was traveling the day that I had time to get him on. Um, but yes, he does return my text, and, and he actually. T- He'll text, typically text me on the nights when he's calling. I haven't called a fight with him in a while yeah. uh, because of COVID. Well, he's, I yeah, he's, well, he's still call, he's still calling the fights though. Is he? He oh, loves okay. yeah, he loves doing it. Um, you know, he, he went to the UFC, didn't work out so well for him, but he's a student of the game. He he knows it. I, I am not an MMA aficionado. I was hired to do it because of punk. They wanted me to make punk kind of the star where I said, you don't have to worry about that. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> laid it on a tee. He is such a student of the game though. And he works out like he still, he lives in Chicago, but he has a house yeah. in Milwaukee. He drives from Chicago. To, it's not that far, but he drives from Chicago. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He works at, yeah. His, his and he works in out the, in Milwaukee yeah. still. He, he does his MMA training still. He, like, I don't think he's training to fight again, but he still does it all the time. And, and him and his wife, who it was odd because obviously on television, she's AJ. But when I met her, her name is Amy. So he said, this is my wife. This is my wife. And I and he said her name and I was kind of confused. But AJ yes, Lee, he does return my text. Yes. AJ. Uh, hopefully, hopefully he breaks some MMA moves out on uh, MJF. Because uh, damn, that guy's the best. What are they doing like a dog collar match? I want yeah. to see him get his. You a know call what, back so to uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine and Rowdy Roddy Piper dog collar match for those old school wrestling fans. I like it. I like it. Should be fun, Mikey. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you much for coming on. And just maybe, maybe your old partner will show up at an. Uh, AEW match down there in Atlantic City. He blew you off this time, but down the road, he he, he might uh, relent and and sit with you at an upcoming AEW match. If I knew Uh, Mike was going, I probably would have went. Oh, I know. I didn't go. I didn't go. I couldn't go. go. Neither one of you went. Supposedly two big wrestling fans right there in your backyard. Neither one of you showed up. Shame on both of you. 
Yeah. Sorry. Well, Sorry. Mike should have been there to support CM Punk. I I could get off. Although Tony, I, I thought, I thought you were Tony Khan's friend. Uh, I am. Uh, you know, he's uh, probably so angry. he blew off CM Punk. You blew off uh, Tony Khan. Tony uh, Khan's CM bigger than CM Punk, John. No, yeah. no, not in the you know maybe behind the scenes, but not in the real world. Everybody knows who CM Punk is. Nobody knows who Tony is. I know that's not true. Uh, we we were walking through. I'll say Ocean Casino, since I see that's your thing. Yeah. Good uh, job. We, we were calling a fight at one of the properties. So we're walking through the casino to go have lunch. And no, he hadn't been on television in what, seven years yeah. at the time. And uh, yeah, probably five years at that point, but we couldn't get two feet. It was like, a, it was like <laughs> annoying to have lunch. You know, we're sitting there just trying to have lunch at a, you know, place. And just people constantly just walking up. I mean, he's pretty good with it, but I'm just like, my God, all day with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could put up with it for a couple hours. I thought I they were coming up for me, John, from when we were doing our I, show. Yeah, Aren't you the yeah. guy who hosts football at four? Yeah, I still get those people occasionally. Not as much as CM Punk, but occasionally. Uh, not surprising. All right, Mikey Gill, thank you very much for coming on. We'll get you back up in a couple of weeks, bud. Thanks. No problem. See you guys. Thanks, Mike. Mike Gill, 97.3 ESPN down at shore, the Sports Bash, hopping on board with us here on Birds 365. All right, coming back, uh, we got a good guest, hour number two, Shio Kapadia from The Athletic. Yes, he's a national writer these days, but he's still very much tied to the Birds hip. Uh, we'll talk both Eagles and NFL with Mike, uh, with Shio Kapadia in hour number two. We're coming right back here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Number two on a wait Wednesday, waiting for the NFL year to start March 16th, which is now exactly three weeks away. Uh, in between, we've got the combine, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, and we'll talk about all those things with uh, Shukapati coming up about 20 minutes from now. Uh, but before we do, I do want to follow up on one thing we started to touch on with Mike Gill because I asked him a giant question and then. He got off on a uh, commander's uh, tangent, which I couldn't believe he was going to sing the praises of the commanders. The good commanders tangent, Jody. I Holy like saying mackerel. commanders. How many you times talk, can I get commanders in there? You talk about a franchise that's got issues. Man, oh, man, of Shevitz. Uh First things first, they got to change it in because they forever wanted to hold on to the Redskins and the politically correct crowd. How dare you? And... Finally, I think, by example, you saw that Daniel Snyder was no part of changing the name of the team. And he finally relented and said, I'm getting killed with I got to make a I got to make a change. So they go to the innocuous Washington football team for two years. They're so inept, they can't even pick a new name. They have to wait two years to pick it. Well, can I just jump in one thing about the name? That's the one smart thing they've done. In two decades, for this reason, Jody, they were, I think both names are horrible. Don't get me wrong. Washington football team, Washington commanders. But they're able to double dip on the merchandising twice. Take advantage of the rubes twice. They made them buy Washington football team hats and jerseys for the fans they do have. And now they got to buy Washington. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Commander's hats in Jersey. It was brilliant from a business perspective. That's all I'll say. No, I, I would suggest that, and I don't know this, but I'd predict this, their merchandise sales was down. If you're well, suggesting, ooh, I stink. need to get the new stuff, merchandise sales were up. No, I'll bet you sales were down from what if what it was in the last couple of years of Redskins before they moved on from Redskins. So uh, I, I understand, theoretically, they could have double dipped, but if you're actually selling less, then you're not really double dipping. So anyway, I thought they just uh, mishandled that. And then the, the the unbelievable screw up with the logo where they put the wrong championship years on it. They put the years that they wow. won the Super Bowl, the game, rather than the season that they won the championship. Does anyone on the face of the planet call the Philadelphia Eagles the 2018 championship team? No, of course not. Yeah. It's 2017. That was the year. And they screwed that up. They eventually had to cop to it. And they just officially changed their logo. So all that extra money they made by double dipping, 
they had lost because they had All to right, go back. Got, and, now I'm getting, you're forcing me to defend them twice. Go ahead. I think, Try I again. Think, you're 0 for 1. See if I, you can go 0 for 2. I think I'm 1 for 1. I'm going to go 2 for 2. They, they, uh, that is a societal problem. Not that they're not wrong. Yeah, they got it wrong. But nobody knows history. You mentioned, you, you mentioned the Eagles in 2017. Yeah, if this was 2040 and they had some rube in the, in the marketing department creating graphics, they probably would put 2018. Uh, it, it, that, that is a mistake. Look, somebody should have caught it. Somebody in that building's right. got it. Somebody's got to know history, but I don't know. I I mean, nobody pays attention to it anymore. So Does that Ruben, the marketing department, get to send it immediately to the printers, or no. were there not other people within the organization? That yeah, had but they're Rubes too. They don't care about history either. That's my point. That's my point. You have this whole generation that doesn't give a hoot about history, as Aaron Rodgers tells him to do, in between his cleanses. Kabachuka cleanse or whatever the heck it was. Go read a book occasionally. And the and the, and the Redskins, excuse me, Washington football team, excuse me, commanders, they haven't won in forever, so nobody remembers. That's that's the issue. I'm not saying, look, it's a bad mistake. It should have been caught, but it doesn't surprise me, is all I'm saying. Well, it wasn't quite the War of 1812, John. It well, was only a couple decades ago. Right, that, if you, if you can't well remember be, that long, that's pretty damn sad. That might as well be 1812. Football team. That be, might as well be 1812 for some 25-year-old. That's that, that. You're right. That's a uh, comment on society. Uh, but it still doesn't get you out 0 for 2. Um, and now... The worst of all, of course, is the sexual harassment suit. We can poke fun at the way that they handled their name and uh, the fact that uh, they've got some other issues around the team. But the sexual harassment suit that uh, they so poorly handled that Congress decided to get involved and asked for documentation, and that spins off into the Gruden thing and him getting fired in the NFL having to take action there. Now the latest is, and Don, Dan Snyder, of course, no longer running the franchise in absentia. His wife is supposedly running the franchise while he sits on his hands. Yeah, right. Um, but now they're facing an even bigger problem because everyone knows that they want at some point to build a new stadium. Their present day stadium is a mess. It's falling apart at the seams. It was a bad built stadium. Same on, uh, shame on Daniel Snyder when they built it. Uh, so they acknowledge and realize they've got to build a new stadium and they might be asking for uh, tax uh, help when they do build this no stadium. Three senators or, or Congress stepped up and said, we want to pass a bill that says no more tax exemption, no more handouts for uh, stadium builders, be it baseball or football, anywhere in the country. Daniel Snyder making enemies across the entire nation because anybody else who wants to build a new stadium, yeah, believe it or not, before you know it, the Lincoln Citizens Bank Park are going to become obsolete too. And they're going to want to build new stadiums here in Philadelphia. And guess what? They might not be able to because of Dan Snyder. Because there, there is now well, a bill I on them. You know, I didn't expect to get into a commander's uh, defense, but here I am. Here I am. I, You know, maybe the only people worse than Daniel Snyder at, at his particular entity and being an NFL owner 
is Congress in the United States. They're not getting anything done, Jody. They're not. They're not out. They, they can say what what they're doing is grandstanding. Like everybody else, they see, hey, the National Football League's popular. Let me let me get a few uh, PR points for saying Daniel Snyder. Everybody hates Daniel Snyder, so I'll jump on that pile. They're not getting anything done because for every Daniel Snyder, there's a Jerry Jones and there's a Stan Kroenke who really have the power and the billions of dollars. And they'll go in there and say, hey, guess what, guys? We need this for this and we need that for that. And they'll they'll kowtow and they'll put their tails between their legs. The only thing worse than the Washington commanders is the the city and they don't even play in it. They play in Landover, Maryland, the city they represent in that disgusting cesspool that is the United States Congress. And oh, by the way, that's, and I'm not talking about you, Jody. I'm talking to all the listeners. That's your favorite team and the team you hate. Both sides of the aisle stink. They've stunk for years. They can't get anything done. They're not going to get anything done with Daniel Snyder. The only reason they're having these hearings is to is to look good in the public face against a person that's very unpopular, and it's not going to matter a who do you know what. Sorry. So you're telling me you don't think this tax subsidy bill is going to get passed? No, zero chance. Okay, less okay. than zero, because the powerful people, and that's the billionaires. Remember. There's 30 other of them. I, I say there's not 31 because uh, uh, Mark Davis exists. There, there's 31 other billionaires. And they, they will make some noise about that behind the scenes. And they'll get those losers in line. Trust me. Okay. I'm taking it at face value here that uh, they mean this. It wasn't just one guy standing up. He got two other U.S. representatives to stand up with him. Um, yeah, I know that. We've got bigger fish to fry if ever in Washington. Just the fact that they did it on the day that we could be looking at a, uh, a start of another world war. It tells you yeah, that. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, exactly. They shouldn't even, don't even worry about the National Football League. You got other issues you got to deal with far more important. That's, but that's the point. They, they, It's about grandstanding. Nothing more than that. Yeah, see, you and I look at that differently. You look at that, hey, how about we not allow the world to get into another world war, which I would agree with. But when you do take that kind of a stance, it tells me that you're going to fight the fight and that you're not mm. just going to roll over when another of the 30 mm. billionaire owners. Says, They're going to roll over and let Jerry Jones pet him on the belly. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll see about that. Uh, I, I think that Dan Snyder is making enemies across the National Football League. On a day in, day oh, that part's true. Nobody likes Daniel Snyder. Right. Uh, so, uh, if if there uh, any other reason why people couldn't get on Dan Snyder's case anymore, he provides it. All you have to do is uh, stick around long enough. Somebody's going to find something else that Dan Snyder has done horribly wrong. Uh, let me get you on uh, one of the guys you did reference. That would be Aaron Rodgers, who uh, is a king of social media, and yes, he may be smart enough to actually pick up a book every once in a while. He should, if he wants to be the eventual host of Jeopardy down the road. Uh, so he's a really smart dude and he uses social media to his advantage. He went on Instagram, put up a bunch of posts, thanking people, thanking his teammates, thanking his coaches, the love that we share. Mm. It's, he is the biggest diva 
He's and a wackadoo. It, he is a wackadoo. Wackadoo is another word you could use to describe him. And whenever he goes off on one of these uh, joints, uh, joints or tangents, we all want to try and analyze. Well, what does he mean by that? What is he? What is he trying to say without saying it? He put up a bunch of pictures with him standing next to his wide receivers on the sideline during the national anthem, and then he put up the one in the game that he missed this year because he wasn't uh, vaccinated. Uh, so they had the, the the same exact picture they always use, but there's no Aaron Rodgers in between the guy. Ooh, does that mean he's not coming back to, to the Packers? He is a master at manipulating people in different ways. So he goes on Pat McAfee's show yesterday and he kind of scales back and says, oh, nah, it's just me waxing poetic. We need to be more connected to our friends. We need to be more educated. He, yeah, he's going to solve all the problems of the world, Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Uh, he is amazing when he does that stuff. He's another name who gets tossed around here. Could he come to Philadelphia? And you and I just keep knocking these things off. Russell Wilson has never agreed to come to Philadelphia. Why are we talking about him? Deshaun Watson has never agreed to come to Philadelphia. Why are we talking about him? Aaron Rodgers actually does not have a no-trade clause in his contract. But if you don't think he dictates where he's going to go, he is the kind of whack job that would just walk away and go, all right, I'll go host Jeopardy. See you later. Bye. I'm retiring. I do believe he'd do something like that. Is he going to get dealt? Is he going to be able to just dictate where he's going to go this offseason? And is it going to be somewhere else other than Wisconsin? I, I don't. I think he's going to play with the Packers um, if he does play. I could see him walking away. He's he's enough of a loose cannon to just say, you know what? I'm done with this. Um, as far as locally, I mean – He's not coming here, and I, I don't think Eagles fans would want him. He's not a Philadelphia guy. I think that's overrated, but, I mean, I don't know how many people are in the Delaware Valley, how many millions, but I would like to know how many of those millions uh, have ever partaken in a, and I got the name, Pancha Karma Cleanse. Who, what, and where? A, what is that? And, and so if they read about for it. me. I've never heard that word before. P-A-N-C-H-A. K-A-R-M-A, Pancha Karma Cleanse. He was coming off his Pancha Karma Cleanse when he went on the McAfee show. And by the way, Google that to see what it is. Because I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of, you know, maybe there's one or two, but I don't think there's a lot of Pancha Karma Cleanses uh, certainly going on in the Delaware Valley. Okay. This guy is but out they, there. But they go on in, in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Well, so. no, they don't. But... uh he is out there and, you know, I'm going to blame myself uh, for this. And I rarely do this, as you know, Jody, but I'm going to take the hits because anybody who's listened to me, read me over the years, knows how much respect I have for Aaron Rodgers as a football player. I think he's unbelievable. I think no one has ever played the position at a higher level when he's on top of his game. And, you know, I think hero worship and I'm not worshiping, but I, I use that phrase when people get constantly uh, validated and, and risen and raised up as superstars, it affects them. I mean, he wasn't this guy when he came into this league and now he's this guy who's just so out there and he's been lauded and you see it in every sport with superstars and it affects them. And this guy's off the reservation at this point. He really is. And when you go back to last year, 
when Mark Murphy, I believe, called him, called him the complicated fella. Yeah. Remember uh, how upset he got about that? Guess what? Mark Murphy was right. He was right. This is yes. a complicated fella. Uh, and you got to, you know, behind the scenes, you you got to deal with this personality. You can imagine how difficult that is uh, to deal with it from Green Bay's perspective. But then you're saying, well, there's no way we're getting another Aaron Rodgers. It's it's really difficult to, to, to maneuver. And this is the things that average fans don't think about. You're like, just get this player. Just get that player. Every personality comes into a locker room, and it can go a good way. It can go a negative way. Boy, I... I if, if I were Green Bay, I'd almost say, you know, they're up against it from a cap standpoint. They got to do a lot of things just to keep Devontae Adams, um, which they will do. But I, I might say, you know what? All right. We, we take it as long as it can go. Let's go in a different direction. That's what I might say, but I don't think they're here's and I think everything you said was dead on point, John. Let me cap it off with one other uh, piece of information that I don't know, but I'm assuming, and I think I'm right about. They've had Jordan Love in town. Yeah, they've evaluated Jordan Love. They've seen Jordan Love. He actually had to play a game this year. And it was a key game on their way to having the best record in the NFL during the regular season. They know they don't have the answer. Not only is it a drop-off from Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers, when they took him, probably thought they they was a drop-off from Brett Favre, but eventually we'll get him up to a spot where he'll be really good. Uh, There's an argument to be made he even surpassed Brett Favre. They've gotten a good look at uh, Jordan Love and said, yeah, there's going to be a big drop off here. When yeah, we move on from I mean, Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be ugly here. Do we really want to do it, or do we want to put up with the rest of all of his BS stuff to milk him for every year that we possibly can? I guarantee you, that's part of the thought process. Oh, sure. Right and now. I, I, you're right. I mean, I always say there's not a more spoiled fan base in the world than the Green Bay Packers because. Um, they've had Hall of Fame quarterback play for 30 years now, consecutive. It just doesn't happen. At some point, they got to come to the realization that sports are cyclical, even though you've outlasted the cycle for far longer than most people. some point, you're going to hit a downturn. You know, they had it before with the Lynn Dickies of the world. I always mentioned, you know, between Bart Starr and Brett Favre. Um, it happens. It's going to happen. And it's going to happen to them. So, you know, do you want to start it early or do you want to milk it? That's the question. They're probably going to milk it. You're right. They're going to milk it for every last drop, but it's coming. Well, sooner or later, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play till he's 50. Shoot, Tom Brady, that wuss, retired when he was 44. So if you think yeah. that Aaron Rodgers has got another decade in him, think again, not happening. All right, we are the Mac and Mac guys. Hoping to get your Kabaddi up here. Uh, of course, NFL writer for the Athletic, did the Eagles for years, uh, really smart football guy. He's scheduled to join us next here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. 
go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Appreciate you streaming on in here on Birds 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Go ahead, hit like, subscribe, share, do the right thing. Take care of your boys, Mac and Mac, McMullen and McDonald. Ah, uh, we've got an esteemed guest joining us. Has been months since we've been able to procure him. Good to get him aboard with us today. Covers the entire league for the athletic with a bird's bent. Let's be honest, he's been a bird's guy for many a year. Our buddy Tio Capadia hops aboard with us. All right, uh, you got to pull the hat down. What kind of hat are you wearing there, Capadia? Can't see the... I think it's a Baltimore terror. You know, these online ads just get me. I see like I'm their I'm their target market. I see something I like. I click. <laughs> the next thing you know, I got a hat showing up at my door and I don't even know what it is. So that's there we go. where I'm at. There's a good logo. I saw America's team too. I said, What's Shield? Is he tweaking people? I, I thought it was Dallas Cowboys, team. but no, yeah. yeah, that's the dream team. So you you avoided that uh that visceral reaction from the Eagles fans. So well done there. That is America's team, truly America's team. But I do want to talk to you about, because I love this, your your 10-step guide for NFL teams to avoid a disastrous offseason, Shiel Kapati. Now, my favorite is the two-minute rule. So I want you to describe to the listeners the two-minute rule. Yeah, I think if you're looking to sign a big name free agent or make a big trade, you should think about it's the last two minutes. 
It's a one possession game. Is this player on the field or is this player on the sideline? Now that might sound stupid. Of course, you, you would think, hey, the player's going to be on the field, but not true. I mean, if you're looking to dump resources into a running back who's not a dynamic receiving threat, if you're looking to dump money into a run-stuffing nose tackle who can't affect the passer, if you're looking to spend on a downhill thumper linebacker who might be a liability in coverage, and we see teams do this every offseason. So uh, some of it might sound obvious, but I think 44% of NFL games last year were decided by seven points or fewer. I mean, the margin of error in these games is so small that when you're in a salary cap world where you have to think, how am I going to allocate these different resources? You really have to think about that. Can, can these guys be on the field? Are they going to help me win the game uh, down the stretch in, in the circumstances you just mentioned? So it sounds like, and this is not a new concept, but you could subscribe to it. Quarterback, 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 because we know that they're involved in every single play. If you eliminate the you're on defense half of the time, if you're just talking about offense, the quarterback has got to be the key guy. The Eagles have three veterans that they may be interested in if they decide to move off uh, Jalen Hurts, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. Which or will any of these guys be traded before uh, the NFL draft this year? Well, I, I think it's a strange place in the NFL right now in that it's easier than ever to find a competent quarterback. I mean, you look around the league and you you look at these teams and how many would you look at and say they've got no chance at even making the playoffs next year because of the quarterback. I mean, it's probably fewer than five. And so you can achieve that kind of baseline level of competency at the same time. That hasn't that doesn't matter that much anymore because you've got Mahomes and Josh Allen and uh, these guys who can just put the team on their back. You can drop them onto any roster in the NFL, and that team's probably going to be in the playoffs, uh, maybe in the Super Bowl mix. And so uh, with the Eagles, they're in an interesting spot. You know, I, I feel like Howie Roseman is not uh, that patient of a man. You know, I feel like he may look at this and say, uh, "It was nice what Jalen Hurts did. We were a feel-good story last year." But if we're thinking about sustained success in the long run, how much can he improve as a passer to kind of, uh, kind of get us in that mix with some of the names I mentioned? So, you know, the guys you mentioned, I still believe Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are staying put. I mean, I don't know. that That's just me. I look at Aaron Rodgers and I say, if he takes a survey of the rest of the NFL – and he says, is there a better situation than I'm in right now? I know they haven't won a Super Bowl, but they've won, what, 39 games in the last three years? I mean, I mean, they're right there in the mix, knocking on the door. It seems like that relationship with the front office is better. So uh, I still don't believe that he's going anywhere. And if he does go somewhere, you know, he's going to choose where he wants to go. And I think that would probably be Denver, where his former coach uh, is coaching there. And so uh, <clears throat> I, I would be surprised if he were an Eagles candidate. Russell Wilson, uh, a little bit more doubt in my mind, but I, I still believe he's going to stay put in Seattle. Because if you're the Seahawks, I don't know what the motivation is to trade Russell Wilson. Pete Carroll turned 71 years old in September. Now you're telling me at that stage in his career, he's going to say, let's go ahead and trade our quarterback and start anew. Uh, I don't really see it. So it would have to be a situation where Russell Wilson is just so fed up, is so frustrated that he says, listen, I'm willing to go to extreme lengths to push for a trade here. And if he does that, 
is he really going to view Philadelphia as a, be- that, a better situation than Seattle? I, I mean, I, I would be surprised uh, by that as well. So I think those guys are staying put. Deshaun Watson is just a difficult guy to discuss right now because the guy's facing 22 uh, civil charges. The criminal complaint has not been resolved. We don't know what the league is going to do. And so until more facts come out, it's hard for me to say he's going to get traded before the draft, after the draft, whatever. He is the guy who is going to get traded at some point, uh, if he is, you know, still in, presuming he's, he's still in the league, we just don't know uh, when that's going to be the case. Yeah, and on Aaron Rodgers, CEO, he's got to stay close to the home base just from the Pancha Karma cleanse. I mean, that's he right. can't go too far. <laughs> I, would agree, I would agree with that. Yeah, that's another factor we've got to factor in here. Yeah, you can't go too far. One of the things you brought up, Howie Roseman, though. So, one of the things you also talk about is target uh, GMs and coaches who are sort of lame ducks or, you know, they're coaching for their job, GMing for their job. You know, from Howie, the Eagles are very, as you know, they, they're not above board with some of their personnel decisions. It, it goes back to, I think, 2018 when Doug Peterson got his extension. They like to sync up the GM and the coach. In theory, Howie Roseman's contract expires in 2022. He's, they might have redone it by now. We just might not know it um, when he got the GM title back. There's no danger of Howie Roseman in Philadelphia right now, is there? Uh, no, I, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, he's survived, you know, he, he's been there for four different uh, head coaches. I feel like if Jeffrey Lurie were going to make a move, it would have been when he parted ways with Doug Peterson. You know, he could have made a clean break there and said, all right, let's start anew with a new head coach and a new GM. He did not do that. He really relies on Howie Roseman as his right-hand man. You're seeing, you know, you saw a lot of their guys in the front office leave for other jobs this offseason. So, um, no, I, I don't think Howie Roseman is in any danger. I think he did a good job last offseason. Now, last offseason – the goal was to set up for this offseason. So yeah. let's talk in six months and see how they do. But certainly uh, getting what what they got for Carson Wentz, uh, that was a good job by him. Devontae Smith uh, was a good pick by him. And so uh, they got the franchise kind of moving in the right direction. Now, having said that, uh, I would say don't, don't get it to – this has been a mediocre team since the Super Bowl win. You know, I, I think a lot of people point to the four playoff wins. They're 31-33 and 31-33-1 and and since – the Super Bowl. And so they're right there in the middle of the pack. I mean, if you look at how the roster is constructed right now and look ahead to next year, no one's looking at the Eagles as a serious contender going into 2022. So this is like a huge, whatever you want to call it, three month stretch here uh, in the state of the franchise with the three first round picks with the other decisions they have to make. That's kind of going to get them set up for the next run. She'll we'll probably get further uh, clarification on how his contract status when everybody gets out to the combine, that uh, it'll be the first time in a while, first time it's actually been raised in the media that, you know, how he's coming up on being a lame duck GM. Uh, so he'll probably be asked about it. And hopefully we get some information and some confirmation. But out at the combine, the unbubbled combine that the NFL just had to uh, basically skim back a little bit because of threat from uh, the Players Association with uh, a bunch of agents who represent some of the top talent, they decided to relax some of the things that they were going to try and have in place at the Combine. Just the fact that it makes it easier for a guy like you or anybody else who's going to go out and cover the Combine and that the players are going to be more comfortable out there, that they know they're going to have their people in place. 
does the fact that the NFL slash the combine, which NFL trying to put out that they don't really control the combine is for me almost humorous. Uh, does them skimming back and taking a step back tell you anything more about the NFL or is just Jody? This is a nothing burger, not that big a story. Why are you making a big deal out of it? Yeah, to me, it was. It, it seemed kind of, you know, fairly obvious that they should scale it back, like you said, and make the change. I, I think, you know, it, it's been, what, two plus years and people are still trying to figure out uh, what restrictions should be in place right now. So I don't really, you know, blame anybody uh, for that. But certainly, you know, you look at the combine, it's a flawed event when you look at the testing for these guys. I mean, when you look at what athletes do to get ready for an actual game, whether it's nutrition, sleep, getting their body, you know, stretching, getting their body right so that they can peak athletically during those three hours they play a football game. I mean, the combine is the absolute opposite. I mean, years ago, I don't know, this must have been 10, 12 years ago, I did a, a kind of a diary with Luke Keekley. you know, didn't know at that time he was going to turn out to be an all-time great, but basically just calling him once a week, hey, what are you doing now to get ready? And so he gave me a, a step-by-step of the combine and it's like these guys are on no sleep they're waking up at 4 35 in the morning then they're asked to run they're testing um you know their testing numbers have an effect on where they get drafted they're sitting in these uh rooms in medical facilities waiting to get checked out poked and prodded and then they're going to have interviews after that it's just, it's just like uh it's a part of the process it's obviously not you know shouldn't be the number one thing you look at and even with the testing numbers now what's interesting you know we'll get all these 40 times next week a lot of these guys have the tracking devices in their college games. And so I, I remember <clears throat> Howie Roseman alluding to this. I forget what player it was, but basically you can actually see what their game speed is, just like you can see with the NFL players and next-gen stats where they say, hey, this guy was running 18 miles per hour. You can see that with a lot of the college players. So, you know, coaches you talk to, GMs, whatever, that's what they want to know is the game speed when they're out there, when they're playing, what is their speed? Because that can be different than just lining up there uh, on the turf and, and running the 40. All right, Chill. Well, let's talk about those players who are going to be at the combine because, as you mentioned, the Eagles have uh, a, a pretty important three months coming up. So, kind of a two parter for you. One, did you learn anything from the Super Bowl teams as far as how to build a team? And two, is with these three first round picks, obviously, that doesn't come around very often. Does that create more of a sense of urgency for Howie Roseman to get things done now as far as getting this team? We look at Cincinnati, two wins, four wins, Super Bowl. You can make a quick jump in this league. Is, is, does that create a sense of urgency for the Eagles? Well, yeah, I think with the Super Bowl teams, you know, I, I think – actually organizations are going to make a mistake and look at the Rams and say, Oh my God, look at what they did. Their aggressive approach. Let's, let's go do that and make a run. I mean, you have to look at the circumstances. You know, the fact is they had Sean McVay who produced the top 10 offense with Jared Goff three out of four seasons. And so like your head coach is giving you an edge there without a doubt. Um, you know, not saying he's perfect. He has his flaws for sure, but he was giving you a, an edge without a doubt. And so you looked at it and you said, all right, if you upgrade Goff from Stafford, the floor is pretty high and maybe the ceiling's pretty high because Stafford is a more talented player. And so they had just pieces in place. I mean, they, they have a, a city where players want to go. They had a good offensive line. They had Cooper cup who delivered an all time season as a wide receiver. They have two of the five best defensive players in the NFL in the 
prime of their career in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So I think teams have to be careful if they're going to say, hey, well, let's go, you know, we'll take a big swing and we'll be right in there next year. Let's give away all our first round picks. You're probably going to be disappointed. And, and even with that, let's be honest, the Rams, they won what their last three playoff games by nine points. And so like a little bounce here or there, we're saying, oh, you know, they went all in. They didn't make it. They got one more year. Let's see if it was the right approach. So I wouldn't jump to conclusions there with the Bengals. The lesson is, the you know, you can screw up a lot of stuff. If you get that quarterback in the right year, guess what? It makes up for everything. And, you know, it, it's not fun analysis. We're not digging deep. I could go to, yeah. you know, walk down the street and anyone could tell me that. But it's that doesn't make it any less true. It's true. And so, um, to me, if you're the Eagles with these three first-round picks, uh, I don't think it incre- – it may increase the urgency, but that all depends on what the owner thinks. You know, if Jeffrey Lurie is saying, let's go. You know, we, we bought time last year. We got to get a quarterback this year. Then, yeah, it would. But if Jeffrey Lurie is saying – you know what? If we want to go into 2022, uh, buy another year with Jalen Hurts, let's maybe trade back with one of those picks, accumulate some more draft capital, provide some flexibility for next season. If Hurts improves, great. We got ourselves a quarterback. If he doesn't, guess what? We still have these picks next year. So I think that is probably how they will approach it. Now, I will say this. Uh, I'm not of the mind that like there's no way they're going to draft a quarterback in the first round. I think if with these three picks, if you see a guy with high upside, uh, you take a flyer on it. And that doesn't mean he replaces Jalen Hurts right away. It kind of gives you uh, two swings at it, you know, and that's sometimes what you have to do. You have to say, let's let's not put all our eggs in one basket. We're not sure. Let's give ourselves a chance here. You look at guys like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. I mean, these guys were not top three picks and you can go around the league. And so it's an imperfect science to scout these quarterbacks. And so to me, I would look at the quarterbacks and say, is there a guy with that high upside? We might not be sure that he's ever going to reach it, but our scouting, our analytics, uh, our coaching staff, our interviews with him, we can see a scenario. It might be there's only a 10% chance of it hitting, but we see a scenario where this can be one of the top five guys in the NFL who can really lift everyone around him. And if that's the case, I think you really have to consider taking a shot on that guy and adding him to the mix. Seal, uh, for me, the biggest story in the National Football League over the last 24 hours. And it's kind of fascinating to me. And this question is for you, but J-Mac, if you're going to add to it, please do so. It came out on Real Sports yesterday, Brian Cumble's show on HBO. They interviewed uh, both Brian Flores and a couple of its attorneys. That the Dolphins, when they fired slash released, said goodbye to uh, Flores, apparently pointed out that in his contract there is an NDA with all NFL coaches contact that you're not supposed to badmouth the organization as you go out the door. They wanted to confirm with him that it's in that contract. His lawyers put up screenshots of pictures of an NDA that they actually wanted him to sign above and beyond his contract. The Dolphins, of course, immediately denied they uh, in any way, shape, or form tried to influence him to sign an NDA. Is this part of a standard coaching contract in the National Football League? Is this just another really bad black eye for the owner of the Dolphins? What do you make of that story that broke yesterday on Real Sports? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know the answer to the first part, uh, to be honest, whether it is standard procedure or not. I mean, there, there's always it's felt like this unwritten code that uh, you leave a team and you're not going to kind of just 
go scorched earth or whatever you want to call it and, uh, you know, uh, 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 reveal all the kind of dirty secrets that go on behind the scenes in the NFL. Now, most of the time, that's because coaches want to get hired again. And yeah. so they're, they're, there's no care real, of itself, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's no real motivation. If they're going to do that, then another team's going to say, well, we're not hiring you. We don't know uh, who we're bringing in. And so, you know, good good for Brian Flores, in, in my opinion. You know, it, it certainly seems like that's a, a bit of a train wreck of a franchise in Miami uh, with how they were operating with what he revealed there. And so, uh, it, you know, it, it was good on him and uh, I have no issues with him kind of saying, listen, uh, I'm going to air all this out. We're going to see what comes of it. It's time for change uh, in the NFL. And if it tarnishes my reputation a little bit, uh, so be it. And, you know, he got the job with the Steelers as an assistant. He's obviously overqualified uh, for that position, but Hey, he'll still be in the league there. He's with a great organization uh, in Pittsburgh. And so, um, yeah, it's probably the big. It is the biggest story in the NFL, the Brian Flores situation uh, this offseason. and so the the twists and turns continue to happen. Well, uh, to kind of further that a little bit, Shield, just the entire coaching carousel as a whole. We had nine openings uh, this cycle, more than I think most of us expected at the beginning, uh, and obviously it landed the way it landed. When you look at each individual. Um, you know, coaching offer and how teams went. Any any thoughts on on how this process goes? Not just this year, but every year, because I see a lot of groupthink. Everybody, you know, starts with the same interview list, and it kind of spawns off from there. Any ideas how to how to improve that sort of process? Yeah, it's funny, you know, when like before I started working as a, you know, writing about the league in the NFL or whether it was just growing up as a fan, you kind of think that like, you know, people who get in positions of power in the NFL are the best and the brightest, you know, whether it's the GMs or the owners. And then you start working and you're going, all right, th these really yeah. are not like well-oiled machines, these <laughs> organizations at all. And really the truth is owners when they're looking for a coach guess what they do they do what everyone does they go online they check the hey well what did this reporter what's his top 15 list say oh what does his top 15 list say okay well that's a good place uh, to start oh wait the, the other team is interviewing this guy should we interview that guy uh may, yeah maybe we should uh all, all right let's go ahead and do that and so that's how they put together uh these lists so you're absolutely right it's not like they're you know they they know what they're doing per se it's they go based on that and then they might have a connection you know hey uh peyton manning uh, recommended Adam Case, like, you know, that's <laughs> hey, that's good enough for me. Yeah. Hey, Bill Belichick said Joe Judge was a good coach on his day. Hey, that's good enough for me. Go ahead and bring him in, and then they bring him in. And so, uh, it, it is a very flawed process. Uh, they don't search far and wide. There is a lot of groupthink. I mean, you know, like the idea that just because a, a guy was a coordinator on a Super Bowl winning team, that that would automatically make him the best candidate. I mean, think about how silly that is. Like all the yeah. circumstances that go into making the Super Bowl, all the luck and randomness there is. And you're just going, oh, well, he got to the Super Bowl. He's a coordinator. Let's go ahead and hire him. I mean, there could be a linebackers coach on a team that went uh, seven and 10, who was like the best coach in the NFL, but, you know, doesn't play, doesn't have the politics or doesn't have the right agent. I mean, that's another thing. They uh, One agent places these guys in, in all different types of places. So uh, it is very flawed. I mean, there, you know, I, I wrote a long piece that I would have to 
bring up here about you know how you kind of should go about it in terms of casting a wide net, uh, you know, interviewing a lot of people because really this is your opportunity to steal ideas and get to know people around the league. And so you don't have to hire everybody, but you should be interviewing as many people as possible and saying, hey, we didn't really love that guy, but that was a great idea he had about how to structure practice this way. And then you can implement that down the road. So um, yeah, I would say it was an uninspiring group. Uh, group. You know, even Doug Peterson gets hired in Jacksonville. Like we all saw how that played out they didn't go out yeah. and target doug peterson they interviewed him the byron left thing falls through and then all of a sudden they come back and you know it might be a blessing in disguise that that they get doug peterson there working with a young quarterback but yeah it's uh it's a complete mess i could probably rant here for uh an entire <laughs> hour on it yeah well right. sean mcveigh me- is the guy before you jump in jody and we've seen it now with uh matt lafleur very successful zach taylor you know, bad early, but he gets his Super Bowl. Brandon Staley, okay, in his first year. Uh, and now Kevin O'Connell, as you mentioned, we only got a very brief amount of time with the Rams assistant coaches leading up to the Super Bowl. I, I got a chance to talk to Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips, who got the offensive coordinator job in Minnesota. And the most impressive guy to me by far was Thomas Brown, who was the assistant head coach with the Rams. And yeah, it's 10 minutes. It doesn't mean anything, but just a really impressive guy. I, I, I don't get the way this league does business. I don't get it. I, yeah. I can cover this league for 25 more years. I don't get it. Just because yeah. I had coffee with Sean McVay. I had coffee right. with Shio Kapadia. I should <laughs> be, right. you know, I'm a football genius. That's all it takes. I mean, if you ever drove Bill Belichick to the airport or had brunch with Sean McVay, I mean, you're probably going to get uh, a head coaching job. And even those guys you mentioned, I mean, think about Matt LaFleur gets paired with Aaron Rodgers. Now, Matt LaFleur's done a, a great job, but uh, Zach Taylor gets paired with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Even yeah. Brandon Staley gets Justin Herbert. I mean, we're talking about three of the best, what, five or six or seven quarterbacks in the entire NFL. So that is such a huge, uh, is such a huge part of it. Just who are you getting paired with? Uh, at quarterback. All right, Sheila, I'll give you a chance to go to your diametrically opposite left or right, the brightest of the bright or the dumbest of the dumb. Roger Goodell contract starting <laughs> to run out, and the NFL is already talking about extending him as well. I have a specific position on Roger Goodell. Love to know yours. Is this a smart thing for the NFL to do or the dumbest thing for the NFL to ever do? Uh keep Roger Goodell in the place that he's been in for years. Well, you, you, I mean, we have to remember who he works for. And so if I'm an NFL owner and I'm looking at my bank account and I'm looking at the growth of the league and the uh, checks that are cashing every month, yeah, go ahead, get, give him an extension. Business is good. Uh, life is good. And so they are the people who will ultimately determine that. Now, as an objective observer uh, here, I would say, uh, I, pro- I don't know what your position is, but I think I could guess what your position is. I mean, yeah, I think there are a lot of issues with the way the league is running. And, you know, even just you look at uh, this offseason and the kind of the controversies that have, uh, you know, surrounded the NFL. And it does feel like they're bulletproof at times where it's just like the on-field product, the Sunday afternoons are so intoxicating and uh, these playoff weekends. I mean, we all love it. We're sitting here, uh, we're watching on TV and we're saying, my gosh, what could be more entertaining than this? You look at the TV ratings and they're up there. But a lot of the stuff, uh, you know, behind the scenes, whether it's treatment of players, whether it's 
the minority coaches uh, we just mentioned, whether it's their system for doling out discipline and determining when to hand out discipline, when to not hand out discipline, the Daniel Snyder uh, stuff that's going on in Washington, uh, which is obviously very serious there. So these are like legit controversies um, that have been uh, surrounding the NFL just in the past three months. And so, you know, I would think there would be someone who could probably uh, do a better job with those things. But again, like I said, if I'm an owner and I'm saying, well, you know what, uh, uh, I can still, uh, my yacht is still uh, working, working down there and uh, yeah. I have multiple properties and uh, my private jet is still fueling up. Then I'm probably not that disappointed with what Roger Goodell is doing. Yep. Good point. Shield Capati of the athletic last one for me. Everybody follow Shield on Twitter at Shield Capadia. His pod birds with friends with our buddy, Zach Berman and Bo Wolf as well. Uh, I do want to, uh, again, harken back to your recent piece and one of your top 10 things to not have a disastrous off season was honestly assess your coaching staff, the abilities of your coaching staff, so I want you, Shil Kapadia, to honestly assess Nick Sirianni in year one as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I would be encouraged if I were an Eagles fan and looked at Nick Sirianni. I mean, uh, I'm still puzzled and I still don't have a firm answer for what was going on the first six, seven weeks of the season with the offense uh, they were running there. But it's really hard to totally overhaul your offense in the middle of the season and have it be successful. And, uh, you know, they were very efficient offensively. I know we all have that Bucks game in our mind because that's the most recent one. But if we look at the larger body of work, I mean, you know, to me, the biggest thing with the coach is does he maximize the personnel? available to him. And I think he did that, you know, certainly uh, with the offense, eventually moving to that run first offense, using Jalen Hurts as a runner, trying to figure out ways to help him uh, in the passing game. And so I think he did a good job there. And he also seems like, uh, you know, he, he doesn't seem like the drill sergeant type that we've seen with the Matt Patricias and the Joe Judges. I do think uh, in the year 2020 in the NFL, connecting with your players, those relationships are really important. It's not, uh, you know, this isn't high school uh, or, or whatever whatever you want to call it, where, you know, you can kind of, you're in control. Uh, it's a very different setup. And so I think he did a good job uh, relating with his players. So we'll see what's next. I'm not telling you, you know, he's going to lead them to three Super Bowls. But if we're going off of the first year, and we didn't really know a lot about this guy and how he was going to operate. I mean, I, I would be pretty encouraged uh, by what you saw from Nick Sirianni. Well, let me follow up with the second most important guy on Eagles coaching staff, and that's Jonathan Gannon, was in the mix to get the Houston Texans job. Didn't happen. So he is back as the Eagles defensive coordinator. Mixed feelings with Eagle fans here in town. Some like him, some hate him. I would say the hate is more vitriol on the uh, negative side than the positive uh, good vibes about him statistically the Eagles defense was pretty good last year. What's the shield Capadia rating on the Eagles DC? Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of the sort of uh, advanced stats were not as flattering on Jonathan Gannon, you know, the kind of traditional ones we look at where, uh, you know, like you said, we're pretty good. Uh, I didn't like it. I mean, I, I listen, I watched, uh, I, I tried to watch the film uh, every week. It was just not, you know, I didn't like the style of defense. I didn't like how conservative it was. I didn't like having safeties lined up 20 yards off the line of scrimmage or with their heels on the back of the end zone uh, in the red zone. I didn't think they did enough to make opposing quarterbacks sweat and make them confused. I mean, there were too many instances where guys were just 
going up and down the field uh, against them. I didn't think they affected the passer enough. And so uh, I didn't like what I saw in year one. Now, having said that, it was his first time as a defensive coordinator. It was new personnel. And so we'll see. Maybe in year two, they will make uh, this big leap. But, um, you know, just when you look at it, when you face good teams and good quarterbacks, like you have to do something to make them hold on to the football or make them think and with your pre-snap disguise or, uh, you know, not doing the same things kind of over and over again. And I just felt like there were too many games specifically against good quarterbacks where it felt like, you know, they knew exactly what to do before the snap. They executed after the snap. They completed a high percentage of their passes. Uh, it felt like their Jersey was pretty clean at the end of the game. Uh, I would joke sometimes where it felt like the opposing quarterback didn't even have to take a shower. I mean, he can just you know, oh. go ahead and get on the bus and, go home and so uh, I was frustrated with this defense throughout uh last year and so I'm kind of in wait and see mode let's uh you know by all accounts people really like Jonathan Gannon that's a good thing whether it's his uh peers players coaches whatever and so um if it is just a situation where it's a young defensive coordinator who needs to learn on the job and is going to get better in year two I'll come back at this time next year and say hey I was all, I was off base in year one but if you're asking me what I felt like in year one I was pretty frustrated by the Eagles defense no, you are not alone I can guarantee you that we get that feedback here on birds 365 I get it on WIP I'm sure he gets it at the athletic but we'll continue to read him and check him out on the podcast with our other birds with friends guys who hop aboard with us here on 365. I shield thanks much for coming in. Cut down on buying those caps. You got, right. you got kids to get through college yeah, buddy. You can't yeah. be just willy-nilly buying caps and waiting you for the Amazon guy. Sound to like up. my wife. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're, right. You're, you're right, Jody. That's that's probably true. All right, guys, thanks for having me. Thanks, Shield. Shield Capadia, good dude, great football writer, uh good guy to have on with us whenever we can get him here on Birds 365. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, coming back to do what? Put a bow on the show on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222.
field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Here on Birds 365, McMullen and McDonald with you. Uh, thanks to both Chiocapadia and Mike Gill popping on earlier. Two good guests <coughs> here on Birds 365. All right, John, one of the things we've touched on last couple of days, we will the next couple right up until when the combine starts and Howie Roseman does meet the media and someone can ask him, hey, Howie, what's the deal with your contract? Uh, we'll, we'll continue to talk about uh, where his position is at in running the Eagles going forward. Uh, for a uh, hypothetical question, I'm going to suppose that Howie Roseman is not necessarily going to be the Eagles general manager uh, going forward, that there's going to be some kind of big brush up between he and Jeff Lurie, uh, that they are actually negotiating. And now he comes back from the combine all full of spit and vigor. And uh, he walks into Jeffrey's office and says, I need a 10 year contract to double my salary. And there is a blow up and he gets fired. So they need a new general manager for the Philadelphia Eagles. And John McMullen, the job is offered to you, and you accept. So I'm going to play a role, and I'm going to call you as Eagle general manager, and I'm going to uh, make you an offer. I am the general manager of the Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Executive of the year, Duke Tobin, by the way. And Duke, uh, as well, he should have gotten the award. Uh, I'm not as handsome as Duke or have as much hair as Duke, but <laughs> I'm going to play Duke for the purpose of this conversation. Uh, Cincinnati is in one of the easiest positions in the National Football League this year. They've got a ton of cap room, and, oh, by the way, they know exactly what they have to fix. Their line sucks. They need to upgrade their offensive line badly. They come to the Philadelphia Eagles and say, listen, you've got really good offensive line depth. I know that you guys did a pretty good job, made the playoffs last year without Isaac Sayamalo. We want that guy. We need that guy. We have to improve our interior line. We'd like to take Isaac Sayamalo off your hands. He's got a, a team-friendly contract, which is a big deal with the Cincinnati Bengals because despite the fact that they were in the Super Bowl, they're as cheap as the day is long. So yep. Isaac Sayamalo would be a perfect fit for the Cincinnati Bengals. And they say, we'll give you the 31st pick in the draft for Isaac Sayamalo in a day three pick. Fourth round, fifth round, sixth round. They want to get the pick back, but no, they've got to drop down significantly. 31st pick in the draft for Isaac Sayamalo in a day three pick. Even if it's a late one, a six or a seven. As the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles, you doing that? Boy, yeah. I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm getting a first round pick for Isaac Sayamalo. I, mean, I and, like and that. a day three pick. Maybe and, it's a maybe yeah, it's a six. Yeah. Maybe seven. Maybe but here's five. the thing. Here, so yes, in a vacuum, I would do it in a second because, look, uh, Isaac is a a good player, and I I say it on the show all the time. The Eagles like him more than the fan base seems to like him. They really like him. Jeff Stoutland really likes him. Uh, but I, I do think there's some limitations there. I don't think he's a star player. Like Landon Dickerson, I think, has an opportunity to be a legitimate star player. Jordan Mylott has turned into a star player. 
I don't think Isaac Samalo's at that level or has that ceiling as a player. Just my personal opinion. So I would take the first round pick. But I, I got to tell you, Jody, they don't want another first round pick. They already got three. There's there's enough wrangling they got to do now. Right. And that's why that's why the question has merit. How about four first round picks, yeah. Mr. General Manager? Yeah. What are you going to no, do? I don't want, your I, I don't want probably the last I, thing I need is another first round pick. Yeah. But it is a value trade. You would do yeah. it though. You have then, to pull the trigger. And, yeah, as a value, and then you try to spin it off for other things. Maybe trade for a veteran player. Maybe maybe you move up in the draft to get that one edge rusher that you know that's going to be a fifteen sack guy or or something of that nature. So, it you know from a value standpoint, you're winning that trade. We always talk. We talked with Mike Gill how he generally wins trades. That would be a winning trade, so I can't turn it down. But I, I, I don't think that call's ever made because Duke Tobin's too smart to lose that kind of value of a trade. Uh, Howie Roseman likes the player; he's not looking to get rid of him. But yeah, just in a vacuum, I mean, you got to take that. You got nothing against Isaac, but you got to take that. Here's the reason why I would love that trade. The 32nd, the 31st, the further you get away from the last pick of the first round, it becomes uh, less value. But that's a really good pick to have because of the NFL rules that the first round picks, you can sign for that fifth year option and lock them in and guarantee yourself for five years. The guys who had taken one, two, three, four, by the time you get to that fifth option, it's pretty damn expensive. Because they're getting paid a lot to begin with the scale that is the NFL first round. So, yes, you expect to, to lock in that guy who you picked with the number four pick in the draft in his fifth year. 31st, 32nd, not a given. But if you ever do land a stud and a star, that fifth year option, you're getting the guy at a supreme bargain. You can be getting yeah, and a remember in uh, in 2018, the Eagles obviously had 32, and that's when they're in that great position and we're talked about all the time to go, you know, somebody's going to trade up to go get the quarterback with to get the fifth-year option. And that's exactly what happened. It happens a lot. It happened with Teddy Bridgewater back in the day. I think he was 32. It happened that Lamar year with Jackson Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Lamar Jackson was 32 that year. And the Eagles ended up manipulating and getting Dallas Goddard, uh, who obviously worked out for them. And by the way, I'm, I'm Eagles fans have never latched on to that. I'm very impressed that they've never latched on to that, that we could have had Lamar Jackson. The Eagles weren't in a quarterback market. There was no – it's complete revisionist thinking. And I'm glad they don't fall down that rabbit hole. But there was a – I remember back in those days – pre-pandemic you know we would have these uh one-on-ones with at the time howie and uh joe douglas and uh i remember i asked howie that question i said what is the value between 32 and 33 and he went through all the you know value of having that 50-year option and how it's so important for certain positions and one of the positions is quarterback because you want that 50-year option if you hit on the quarterback um and that's what the Ravens did. They went up to get Lamar Jackson. The Eagles took advantage of it. Well, we'll take advantage of the fact that it is a fun season to speculate in the National Football League. Less than a week to the combine and the 
uh, new year, signaling a new roster for the Philadelphia Eagles. What are they going to do in free agency? That's what you get from us every day here on Birds 365. Uh, already got a couple of guys locked in for tomorrow. Uh, Ira Kaufman's going to jump aboard. Our buddy from Tampa did a good job giving us buck info as they were making their way through the playoffs. Some interesting scenarios and stories being told down in Tampa these days, Tom Brady at all. Uh, so he's going to hop aboard, as would our as will our buddy Rick Saratella from the NFL Draft Bible, who's going to come on uh, leading up to the combine as well. J-Mac, I expect you back here in 22 hours. Am I yeah, I'm going to be here. I got to do a uh, draft. I got to I gotta live up to Rick Saratella, man. Got to dive into the draft. It's just going to be exciting to get some names. Put some names to 15, 16, 19. Ricky will be joining us uh, tomorrow. So, hey, all you guys out there, like, share, subscribe. Appreciate you boys from uh, the Birds 365 show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We will talk to you in 22 hours. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.